1: From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid.
2: They are Anchor Moms. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms. So glad you're with us. We have something really fun planned for you today. We're switching things up a little bit. Ooh. Getting a little crazy Ooh. here. Um, we are kind of focusing a lot of this episode on faith, which is something we haven't talked a lot about, but uh, the three of us um, all have pretty strong faiths and um, it's something that we rely on in our motherhood. Um, And we talked with a very special guest, Leslie Means. Uh, She's one of the co-founders of Her View from Home, which is a pretty big deal, a pretty big website that has a lot of articles about motherhood and some other things as well. But uh, we talked to her and she really explained how Faith played a big role in starting
1: uh, her company. And when you say a big deal, you're not kidding. She hopes to hit 1 million Facebook followers this year. Right now they have 865,000. They have almost 100,000 Instagram followers. And, um, you know, of course, that's not the most important thing is how many followers you have. But just this speaks to how many people uh, Leslie reaches through her view from home. And she also gets a little bit emotional talking about some of these
2: uh, topics. And we all, I think, got a little bit emotional, too. A little teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> sort of unexpectedly, right? We look at each other like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's
3: cool to see how she connects with people and women, mothers, fathers, everybody, uh, really all over the world. So let's go ahead and listen in.
2: Leslie Means is joining us now. She is in Nebraska and she is the co founder of Her View from Home and also a former
0: news anchor. So, really,
2: you're a fellow anchor mom.
0: (laughs) I totally get it. I totally get the anchor mom stuff. Yeah, and you have three little kiddos. Yes, my kids are 11, nine, and two. And I still have to pause because I forget what age they are.
2: <laughs> don't we all? I know. It's it's like when somebody asks you their birthdays. You're like, wait. Oh, what? my gosh. It's so
0: hard. Oh, that's the word <laughs> When you're in the doctor's office and they ask you, I'm like, I don't know. I cannot remember. You give the wrong kid's birthday. I I was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: oh,
3: so goodness. tell us a little bit about how you started her view from home and tell us a little bit about
0: it. Yes. Okay. So when you say a little bit, um... I could go on for hours, so I won't do that uh, to you guys. (laughs) But gosh, Um, I'm going to start with my background um, was in TV. I was in TV for seven years. And the the day-to-day interaction with the people, I just, I loved, And I knew that everybody had a story to tell. It didn't matter who they were, if it was a mom, if it was a doctor. You know, we had everybody in. And everybody's story was important and fascinating. And... I left TV mostly because I needed to have a better schedule with my kids. You know how that goes. Getting up at one in the morning wasn't actually great when you had a four and a two year old. And I remember walking around in my kitchen, like, I don't even know. It was, it was 2011. And it was probably about six months after I'd been out of TV. And I felt like there was something that needed to be created online where women could share their stories without hesitation so there wasn't a lot of places there's really very few places on the internet that would share faith and 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 not faith so all kinds of you know in the middle I like to say and I I remember walking around in my kitchen trying to figure out the title for the site and I was like I just think I just think it's going to be huge and it took me like two months to figure out what to call Herbie from home. And finally, when I thought of it, it, was it was originally going to be specific to Nebraska. So originally it was going to be views of women and people and places in the state of Nebraska. But then I quickly learned that everybody throughout the United States and really, you know, it's the Internet. So across the globe has a story to share. And I was supposed to create this place. For them to share their stories, it's really weird, and I can get into all the whispers if you guys want me to. Yeah, tell, sure. Tell us about the whispers. Yeah, it was like spring of 2016, and the site was almost completely broke. I wasn't sure I was going to have enough money the next month to even pay the writers, and I had left my job, so I was going on her view full on. And then I had found out like that next day that my husband and I were expecting our third baby. Oh my oh, gosh. My gosh. So normally ah. I would be like I know like I would be like you know, normal people would panic in that situation, think, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go work at Taco Bell. Not because they at Taco Bell, but I just thought I am going to have to figure out another job because how am I gonna have enough to pay for the site? But then I had this like this weird, and I we talk about them all the time now, in the team and in uh, the community of what we're doing. I said I had this whisper, and I know it was from God that keep going, keep going. It is important. It's going to work out. Just keep going. And I'm not kidding. A few days later, I got an email from a woman, and to you now this will make me emotional and, and tear up. An email from a woman who said, Leslie, I have been following Kirby from Home, and you have to know that we were only about. 20,000 people on Facebook by then, maybe 200,000 views a month. And now we get, you know, five million views a month. So we were very, still very small. And she said, I found your site and I really, I really want to share my story with you guys. I feel like you are where I need to be, that she prayed about it. And she wanted to share the story. Well, her story was her friend had uh, committed suicide a few months after her daughter was born. Oh, and so it was oh, this piece on postpartum depression and she wanted to share it. And I said, yeah, yeah, we would be, you know, honored, humbled to share this piece. And it completely, we shared it um, that early September and it completely changed the site. And we made enough money from advertisers in that month to keep the site running for the next six months.
3: Yeah, so and what it went was viral. more
0: important, obviously, yeah, completely viral And about a week after we posted that, I got a specific email that said, thank you for posting that article. That saved my life. And I just thought, and then we just, we get these over and over and over again. And this site, so you guys can understand, I, you know, am this farm girl from Nebraska, and I didn't have any investors, and I had no money to put into the site. So I really had no business starting this website, except for the fact that I knew that people had stories to share and they needed to be shared. And so the fact that it is where it is today, it just, it's just, it's so God to me. It's completely out of my hands, completely a God thing. And those stories, I could tell these thousands of writers now and over and over and over again in different areas of people's lives, those stories are changing people's lives. And these writers are connecting to women and men who need to read their words across the globe. And it's just, it's a powerful thing. And I get shaky and emotional talking about it. <laughs> it's so much bigger than, than me or than what you and I even expect or know it to be.
1: You think God is using you as a tool? As
0: I do. I do. And I don't know why, because I get really mad. <laughs> like I will yell. I'll be like, why am I this? Because it's hard. Yeah. It's, It's really a site, well, you guys know in news, in news we are taught that you you can't have an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I get that, and I think that actually helps me in a way because I can look at everything, and I really live my life in this gray where I can listen to both sides and hear both perspectives. But, you know, it's angry. It's an angry world right now, and people don't want to listen and hear both perspectives. So we we try to be this place where, Women can feel comfortable to share their story, safe, loving community where people won't attack you um, on on any side just because of, of how you're feeling. Because their stories need to be shared because they're important.
1: And you have 859,000 Facebook followers. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And it's, yes, and we the- are hoping <laughs> we're
0: we're hoping to hit that million soon.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean. Just how many lives do you think you've touched over these years?
0: I don't. You know, it's just just millions it's and millions now. Because yeah, you know, five million uh, views a month now is <sighs> just amazing.
3: it
0: is amazing. It's just crazy to me. And yeah, these writers, these women. What I love so much about her view is it really doesn't matter to me if you are this fancy author who's published and best-selling New York Times it. Like I don't care about that. I mean, that's amazing if you hit that goal. But I just really, truly believe everyone has a story to tell. And if you are a writer or if you're not, I always say you're still a storyteller and submit it to us. And we want to read it. And we get hundreds now of submissions a, uh, a week. And so we can't publish everything, but we have a couple editors who they do. They read absolutely everything. And I just think it's powerful for people to be able to share their story, write it down.
1: And what would be your advice to somebody who maybe is a stay-at-home mom or even a working mom, maybe somebody who's trying to start a blog or get a big Instagram following, make a social media uh, footprint for themselves? What would you tell them to avoid going down um, kind of the Instagram influencer path and stay true to themselves? What would you tell them?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I've made like Seventy-two million mistakes. In this <laughs> I would say, I would say the biggest thing: um, try to know your path. So, if you just want to do it because you feel like you have a story to tell and you want to share your heart and you want to, you know, you it it helps you to get these words out. Then do it. Then just do it. Then just start. No big deal. But if you are going to try to make it your income if you're gonna actually try to make money off of it and make it your living. You've got to be prepared for it to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get into this business just to be safe um you guys know in, in TV. It's it's just it's so difficult. So you're gonna have a lot of tough weeks, months, years ahead, but if it is your passion, then it is worth it. Um, you need a support system. I have my husband who has always believed in me, even when it was nuts, when I came to him eight years ago and I was like, I have this this feeling, this whisper that it's going to be huge. He didn't look at me like a fool. He thought, okay, then let's do it. Let's figure out how to do it. And that support system, I think made all the difference. And then you have to believe in yourself if this is something that, that you want to do. It is, it is very possible. I think for anybody to do Um, But you just have to know that there's going to be a lot of work into it. But I have a lot of writers, too, who just, they just, they are that stay-at-home mom or they're that working mom. And they just need an outlet, a creative outlet. And they just want to write and maybe make a few bucks. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're on Her View. You know, they just want this community of women, of like-minded women who get that creative writing vibe. And they just want somewhere where they can be together with those people.
2: You know, it's it's an inspirational story, and thank you for sharing it with us, and, you know, thank you for putting it out there. I know that I've clicked on many of your articles. Yeah, and me found, too, without even realizing. And found yeah. comfort, and thank I've guys, cried no, in some, reading some stuff, of your articles. Right? Yeah, it's fantastic. So thank you so much for being on with us today.
3: And check out her view from home um, if you're listening uh, here, because uh, I think there's a lot to offer, whether you're a mom or a stay-at-home mom or a working mom. And
1: whether you're a woman of faith or not I, yeah. mean, I think you can probably find a lot on the site as well That's Right. Yeah. awesome thank you thanks guys. Thanks. it was an honor
2: and you can also follow Leslie if you'd like uh, we have a link to Her View from Home in our show notes and you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook there's a lot of really good content a lot of really good discussions um, on Her View from Home thanks again Leslie we would like to thank our sponsor Wilderness at the Smokies plan your spring break getaway
1: today do, 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 do. From the news desk. Okay, switching now to the news and continuing our faith episode. Our first article is actually from Her View from Home. And uh, if you remember from Leslie's interview, she has lots of writers around the country who write in for Her View from Home. Uh, so this is one of her writers. And this article is titled, I Just Want to Feel Welcomed at Church. Who doesn't?
3: Yeah, we all do. <laughs> I think that's the whole idea. It's interesting that this is something that needs to be stated in an article because doesn't that it just seems so obvious, mm-hmm. yet it it is not.
1: So this woman says that her and her family went to church this past weekend and it had been a year since they actually attended a service and for whatever reason they decided that this was the weekend they were going to go, but I'm going to quote this article and you'll understand maybe why it had been a So long since they had attended. You see, my husband and I had put off attending church due to several excuses and reasons, but one of them was simply how we felt after going. Every time we went, someone would stroll up to our family with a less than welcoming look and say, we haven't seen you in a while. So that feeling sticks with her and that's one reason why she doesn't want to go back to church so this article goes on and talks about this weekend how they went to church and how a girl came up to her children grabbed her children a little girl a friend and said can I take the kids upstairs to go learn and she said of course so they go upstairs and the kids have a have a great time they do music and you know kid appropriate uh, studies And they come back and, you know, the teacher says your children did so well. And this whole time she's telling the mom, you know, she she's so proud of her kids and she took the time to make them feel welcome without saying something like, and I hope to see them again soon, which is kind of like that you know, turning that knife inside like, oh, that's just implying that you haven't been here for however many weeks and maybe you want them to show up next week, so I'm going to make you feel bad about it, but just say it in this way. When maybe they didn't, maybe that's not the intention, Mm -hmm. but again, that's how it can come across for this mom. I feel like
3: when you say that, it's like that Southern, like, Bless your heart. Like you say (laughs) it, but it has so many implications and so many Mm -hmm. layers underneath it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she talks a lot about, too, how tough it is to take little kids to church. I mean, we all know it is a struggle. Um, And you want to go, and we have those great intentions, but let's be honest. I mean, every week that we sit in church, you know, I'm, you know, balancing a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old for an hour plus to keep them
1: quiet and still in a pew yeah so then it's it's hard then a lot of parents are thinking well what's the point I'm not Mm -hmm. getting anything out of this My kids just want to they don't want to even be here to be honest they just want to be playing Mm -hmm. with these toys in their hands and eating their snacks like are they even comprehending any of this so what's the point of going right right Uh, one of the things I really liked in this article she said let your
2: love of God be what's welcoming people into your church and I thought that was just such a nice sentiment. And I, I hope that, you know, church can be a place that is welcoming, regardless of whether your kids are screaming or drop their toy at the wrong moment and it's really awkward mm-hmm. or whatever happens. You know, I do feel like there is so much to be said for that tradition and for getting them to get used to going to church at a young age and being able to sit through it and um, and so I, I don't know. It's it's a struggle, but I, I I think it's worth it, and it's just so hard to actually go through with it, you know, to, to,
1: to kind of swallow that every week. Well, and back to what she says in this article is, you know, how, how the, the guilt that people place on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have listeners who are regular churchgoers, you know, if you could, you know, listen to this bit of advice that this writer has, she says... If I could offer any advice to any regular churchgoer, it would be to mimic the little girl who excitedly grabbed my children's hands. Let your love of God be what's welcoming people into your church. Grab their hand into the church just like she did, but don't guilt them into coming back or shame them for their absence. Because all you really have to do is open your hand and smile, and they might just come back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I do. I feel super guilty about this. I grew up, both Brian and I grew up going to church every single Sunday. I went to Catholic high school. I went to Catholic college. Now Brian and I, I mean, it's been months since we've been to church, and I I hate to say, and now it's to the point where it's like we actually, you know, just as this this author is describing, like we don't want to go. There was a period of time in which we were going a lot after River was just born, But we're now in this church that we really love, but that the kids have to go to the nursery. Mm -hmm. And River has separation anxiety. Um, And so at first it was like this thing like we would take her and then we would drop her off in the nursery. And I would get a text like 10 minutes into the service like, hey, River is crying uncontrollably and we're really uncomfortable. Can you come get her? So then I would spend the whole service outside of Mm -hmm. the sanctuary. Brian would stay in church. I would spend the whole service outside church. It just got to be kind of – You know, it got to be like, what is the point of this? Then it would be stressful because I would feel like I was stressing out the people in the nursery. I didn't want to bring her into church because I think my understanding is that it's not, you know, we have a nurse. That's why we have a nursery. So please don't bring your kid in to disrupt. Right. And so now it's kind of like we're in this position now where I just, I like, now I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The service that we like to go to is during River's nap time. So I'm okay with pushing back her nap. But then I'm going to, like drop her off at this nursery during... Already cranky. Already cranky because yeah. she's missing a nap with people that she doesn't know. Like, it's just this whole... can I don't... It's like a conundrum for us. And we talk about it, like, every week, like, should we try to get a baby... Even if we got a babysitter twice a week, would that, you know, would mm-hmm. that work out? But Because then River could take her nap. I just think that's ridiculous
1: that you would have to get a babysitter to go to church. I think if you said that to yeah. the leaders in that church, they'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, that, no. Like, we are gonna make this work. Like, we mm-hmm. want you here. We want your family here. Like, that's a crazy thing to have to get a babysitter. Yeah,
3: I I mean, I... You might be right. So maybe, like, the onus is on us to reach out and say, like, what do you guys... What do you suggest? Yeah, what are our other options? You know? And, you know,
2: maybe there's... Uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, uh, as we all know, kids go through stages. Like, you know, maybe in two weeks, River either can be left in the nursery or can sit through it with you without making too much of a commotion. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this was kind of an awkward hump, but maybe you're almost over it, and then it's all good. So just try it, in other words. Just try it. Yeah, I I would say.
3: Literally, I had a hard time reading this stuff because I feel so guilty about Mm
2: -hmm. not going to church
3: because I really want River Mm -hmm. to know God and to know, like, this is what we do on Sundays. Mm -hmm. We go to church.
2: Well, and I would say, especially when – I think it was when Bennett was born. You know, it's hard, obviously, with a newborn to be going every single week, and we try, but obviously, we're not perfect. But once you get into that routine, it's funny how once they get used to it, they're in. They're like, "We're going to church." You know, like they don't then even they, they it. like they're like, "Is it yeah. church day? Do I get to pick out a fa- fancy dress?" Like, you know. Yeah. They're they kind. I think it's just that routine, and again, it's really tough when they're all so little. But I do think that it's really important to have that routine and and have them in there every week. And then I do think it gets easier this last week at church. Well, either way, it's a struggle. Yeah, if you're a mom, you
3: have young kids, and you are going to church even on a semi-regular basis, my hat's off to you, my friends, because the struggle is real.
0: Testing, testing, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four.
3: In other news... This one um, comes from Schriver.com, but it's actually a speech uh, that Savannah Guthrie of the Today Show on NBC gave at a Catholic luncheon. Um, this one, this is powerful. Um, and it, the, the title is just, I've been thinking motherhood and faith. Um One of the first things, I'm quoting this, one of the first things she says in the speeches is is the way we feel about our kids is about as close as we can get to grasping how God feels about us, his children, which I think is so true. After I became a mom, I know my relationship with God changed because, I don't know, you just see the universe in a totally different way, and you can just, you really start to appreciate unconditional love, which I guess, you know, that's what we assume God has for us. Um, But the other thing is... um, because Savannah Guthrie is obviously uh, a news anchor, she talks about, um, and I know you guys will appreciate this. She talks about just basically seeing the travesties and the devastation that happens to other moms losing losing your kid, um, losing your children, having an illness, and she just really talks about um, how you know that's the like sort of your greatest test of faith, um, and that she know you know this is the, this is the hard part about praying is that you pray that nothing will happen to your children and you'd like to think that it would, you know, that that guards them then against these terrible things that happen but that she knows that it doesn't and then she talks about the um a mother who lost her child in Newtown and just basically how she navigated through that and I think if that mother can navigate through that it makes you realize that you know anything is possible so um, it's definitely a really interesting article. What did you guys think? She she, I cried.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. You I texted us I both yesterday
3: and said, it's yeah, because really, it really hits a nerve. And I think it does. really speaks to motherhood and just how much it really shapes your faith.
1: Well, yeah. the, the very end of this Mm-mm. article, which yeah. you guys can go to our show notes and, and read it. We, I highly recommend it the last line i was like okay all I right know, that's when i was yeah. really that's enough. yeah mm-hmm. it, it's you know i guess you don't you don't know what other people what other moms are their deepest darkest fears you don't know what people how people are praying next to you but it's interesting because i i guess i didn't realize that maybe all moms kind of think the same way i always think as you guys know like worst case scenario, something mm-hmm. awful is like about to happen at any moment and it's kind of like that's how moms are, it seems mm-hmm. like. You know, yeah. like you're you're living every <clears throat> single moment of your life like, please, God, do not let anything happen to my babies. Like, this is my world. What would happen to me? How could I deal with this mm-hmm. if that happened to my babies? And I like how she just keeps talking about that. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess this is what all moms feel.
2: Yeah, I, I worry a lot. I'm like a, for sure, always worrying about
1: something. Because that's, <laughs> what, that's what makes us moms. We're the... the what, this article is like the making protector. me cry
2: already. Just reading, like, oh <laughs> <laughs> we reading it. Sadie needs a tissue over here. <laughs> I know. Um, So one of the things I really like, she one of the sections is called Past the Faith," and um, she talks about how her and her husband have different were brought up different in different religions, different denominations, um, and, and then she says, "So here's what my husband and I have decided together: we are going to share and expose our children to faith, and when they grow up, it will be theirs to choose what their relationship with God looks like for them." But for the moment, it's my role to give them the building blocks to expose them to faith. And Mm -hmm. I love that because I think, you know, I think that's one big thing, you know, when you're raising your kids and, and, you know, you don't want to force things upon them, but you also want to say, look, this is what's worked for your dad and I. And this is what is such a
1: crucial part of our life. This must be hard, though. um, The position that she's in. Yeah. Um, Since, I mean, her husband is Jewish and she's, I think she said she's Baptist. Um. So it'd be interesting. It's it'd yeah. be interesting to kind of be a fly on the wall in mm-hmm. their house um, when you know Savannah's trying to teach her children something, but her husband completely disagrees. Mm-hmm. How they deal with that, mm-hmm. and I wonder if that causes conflict for the for the marriage. I at all. think it
3: probably happens way more. I think this kind of thing probably happens mm-hmm. more. Well, often look at than look at the think. three of us.
2: You know, most of us are married. We are all Catholic, and yeah. our husbands are not. Right. Correct. So you know, the three of us are dealing with this as well. Um, right. You know, and I do think it is a compromise, but again, I think faith, focusing on the faith and not necessarily the intricacies of different religions or denominations, but just that belief in God and the prayer the prayer. Um, but at the same time, it's, so it's, it's
1: hard because when you teach your, your child something, especially like in the Catholic faith, mm-hmm. it's very black and black white, and mm-hmm, white. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which in this day and age, there's not so much black and white mm-hmm. um, in, in the real world
2: every single night every single night without fail henry prays which is hilarious to me henry prays for mommy and daddy to, to get a good night nights rest i love it which i guess one time maybe one of us prayed for that <laughs> and then he like remembered it and now every and we're all like oh yes great prayer henry Oh my yeah. God. I really hope that happens. Like, it's so funny to me, which is very selfish, obviously, but um, it's I, funny what they come up with.
3: I do remember, like, reading this article reminds me, again, I grew up very, very Catholic. We, unless there was six feet of snow outside, mm-hmm, we went to mm-hmm. church. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it had to be, and if we, and by the way, like, if we didn't go to church because of a big snowstorm in Pennsylvania, we would read Bible verses and have, like, mm-hmm, our own little mm-hmm. Catholic mass in the mm-hmm, living room. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my mom was very practical, and she was like, listen— We're going to church. This is what we do. And when you're adults, you can decide on your own whether or not you want to go to church. Like, this Mm -hmm. is my job, and good luck to you. Like, you can figure it out from, you know, this is, like, my responsibility starts here, and it ends here. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to, like, worry and stress about, you know— what you do once my responsibility ends, which, you know, maybe takes some of the pressure off as a mom, by the way.
2: Well, and it's, I think it's a very realistic way to look at yeah. it, and I think she did the right thing. Like this article says, those building blocks. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. like once you're an adult, what, what are we going right. to make? I think you know? some
1: people, you know, say, okay, I don't want to push these things on my children. They need to make mm-hmm, their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you also teach your child how to eat, and you, to you teach everything. your child yeah. how to tie their shoes. Like. They don't know anything until you teach mm-hmm. it to them. So this is just another teaching tool, mm-hmm. and maybe they maybe they'll wear wear velcro shoes when they're older. And they never <laughs> want to tie their shoes again, and maybe they'll go to. Church but at every least Sunday. you taught them. But you, sh- yeah. yeah, you showed them the way, and then mm-hmm. they can decide when they're older.
2: I feel like I just worry about generations to come because I just I worry that that so many young families are getting away from it, and I just. That's so important. To oh, have well, that's not. Based. It's
3: not just
1: your worry. It's a reality. That is right. exactly yeah. what's happening. Young people are not going to church.
3: But, you know, maybe be- just because they don't go to church doesn't mean that they don't have like a spiritual life True. or a God True. life.
2: And again, like I mean, we're talking about faith here. Right. You know, exactly. Like what looks like faith to you mm-hmm. does not
3: necessarily what is faith to someone else. And
2: going back to that other article, yeah, like just taking away the judgment. Right. I you mean, know? like
3: you've just got to figure out what is right. I mean, just like everything in motherhood, you've got to figure out what is right for you. And what is right for me is maybe not right for somebody else. And maybe they see, I mean, I talk to people all the time who say they see, like, God in in nature, in, you know, going outdoors. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to suspend your judgment in terms of that as well, I think.
1: Win of the week. From the anchor mom that doesn't go to church every week, like uh, Miss Karen over there. Um, so I actually did go to church with just my son, Hartman, who's three and a half, and uh, I called it a date, and he kind of, like, loved it. I framed it as this, like, special time with just me and my son. You know, we got all dressed up. He wore, like, his special blazer, which he never wants to wear, and I wore my coat. Now he calls it my church coat. And so we went together. He was really good. He, like, found a car in my purse, and he just, like, held it, and- and everyone was just kind of like looking at you and like mm-hmm. smiling. You're like, he's so cute, he's so nice. And it's funny because it was I had kind of a similar experience to this article and that everyone was just so nice and like happy to see us, but that was it like they mm-hmm. weren't like here's some here's a pamphlet make sure yeah, you're yeah. back next week we really recommend you do this and this this like nothing they're just like hi like we're so happy to see you it was just like a and it was like we walked outside the church doors and like the sun was shining the bells are ringing the bells were <laughs> ringing <laughs> the there birds like, are <laughs> chirping exactly there were you know there There's was a rainbow flowers in the middle of december no and um we went to brunch together and Aww. then we went to like the bookstore and we sat and read books for like an hour and wow. we just had like an amazing morning together and Aww. he was so well behaved And um, I need to do it probably like once a month. I think you know, yeah. Like schedule this special time, like with just my son, because it's Mm -hmm. hard when you have multiple kids too. Right. Yeah. Because they they all if one's acting up, the others acting up, Mm -hmm. and the attention is split, and they're Mm -hmm. not fighting for attention, and it's just Mm -hmm. one of you. So maybe I don't know. That could be an option. Maybe if it was just like you and brought you and River that went to church yeah. or something. I don't know. I'm just open to, try to any it. possibility. I mean, yeah. But it was a wonderful win. And yeah, and that's well huge. Yeah, a toddler really sitting
2: through church and behaving. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, win, mm-hmm. win, yeah.
3: win. Okay, thanks for sticking uh, with us. This was kind of a heavier episode, or a more meaningful
1: episode. Well, I think. It, yeah, it was important. I think it was an important. Yeah, one, for sure. So thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. Ankle Mom's the
2: Hi. podcast. Hi. Uh-huh.
0: Thanks for listening.